you're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations, all while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. Now here's your host, Robin Waite. Welcome back, everybody. It's the next episode of the Fearless Business Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Waits, the Fearless Business Coach. I've got a very esteemed guest on the show today in Tyler Gillespie, uh, who is a remarkable entrepreneur with over 15 years' experience in building online services. So we're going to learn a thing or two today about that. Uh, you've exited two businesses. I'm looking forward to you telling us about that, Tyler. Um, and then now you're looking to share, mentor, and invest to help service-based businesses productize and build more scalable assets. So welcome to the show, Tyler. Man, excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Good man. So you and I are in a similar sort of niche in terms of that sort of productization process. So I'm interested to find out kind of what your take on it, but um, why why is productizing your service, um, like offering such a, a vital thing for service business owners to do? Yeah, because I think it's as a service business owner, it's really easy to get caught into the day-to-day, you know, caught into a trap of not being able to scale your time, getting stuck in the one-to-one work. Um, traditionally, it's it's a great business to get started, but it's a very difficult business to scale. Um, and oftentimes, most agencies, consultants find themselves in this kind of service business trap. Um, so when you can position and sell your, your services more like products, um, like you were going to buy something on Amazon, for example, um, it just sets everything else up uh, for success and just makes your job easier as well, just makes your your business a lot more valuable. So that's really um, kind of in a nutshell what I'm trying to help agencies, consultants, freelancers like yourself do and and productizing productizing their service offerings. Yeah, because it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because one of the things I noticed that a lot of the people in the sort of coaching consulting world are very sort of bright, intelligent people. Uh, they get amazing results for their clients, and yet they're kind of working 160 hours a month and scratch their heads at the end of the month, going, "Where's all the money? Like I've done 160 hours. Like I should be I should be rolling in money at the moment." Um, so what what is kind of what what are the biggest mistakes that you see service business owners actually making that then prompts them to want to productize? <laughs> quite a, I mean, there's quite a few, but I think, I mean, to maybe start, you know, when, when you're transitioning, typically you've gathered skills from some job um, or experience from something. And when you want to start your own business or agency or consultancy, you typically transition into immediately trading your time for money. Um, and that's a great place to start. Um, but it's also really easy to get trapped in kind of that stage of the business. Um, so that's probably the most common area, um, just because you're good at graphic design, for example, um, and you start a graphic design service and you're doing all the graphic design. So that kind of leap from going, kind of offering your services one-to-one, you doing the work and actually hiring out a team is probably one of the biggest initial hurdles, um, and mistakes. People just take too long to do that, or they never do it. And they just kind of get stuck in that consultancy freelancing kind of stage. Um, so that's like a big one that, um, I work and try to help people kind of overcome. And, um, that's one of the first major hurdles. 
It's it's very much that, um, you know, in a client service business, I think too many service business owners um, end up allowing the client to lead them, whereas it should be the other way around. You know, I always say the client needs you more than you need them, right? Because they come to you as the professional, the expert to help. And yet you're allowing them to like take a piece of your soul, i.e. an hour of your time, you know, for a fixed fixed hourly rate and um that's time that you can never get back and the thing is as well like um one of the biggest transformations or fastest transformations that you can expect as a service business owner is when 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 you get them much more focused on results and outcomes so it's no longer about selling it an hour of your soul actually what is this yeah. outcome or solution which we deliver for our clients and then the penny drops they get it yeah and that's part of productizing as well right you're you're stepping away from charging hourly um, and for kind of this bespoke service offering that is just invites all sort of scope creep. And uh, when you can offer a specific product, um, then you're essentially selling an outcome. Um, and it's much easier. Cause that, it, literally that's where it starts. If at the very top of the funnel, when someone's buying, you know, if it's not packaged in the right way, it's just, there's a lot of things that can kind of go wrong. Um, you know, further on when someone, you know, goes through kind of the buyer customer journey with you. Um, so, so that's a huge one. Absolutely. And it, it's funny, isn't it? Cause I, I, me personally, I think that a lot of it comes down to sort of mindset and confidence and things like that as well. Like, cause it, the amount of times you probably come across sort of, you know, mentioned a graphic designer charging 50 bucks an hour or something like that. And you say to them, well, actually, if you packaged it up and charged two and a half grand for this, like, you know, two and a half K for this, um, uh, you know, this branding project as a whole, immediately you get the international sign of distress. Oh no, I couldn't possibly charge that much. It's, it's like a really safe space to charge an hourly rate. What, how do you, what's your sort of approach to starting to, um, uh, you know, when you're dealing with somebody who's very much in that fixed mindset, what do you do? Yeah, it's a gradual transition. I think everyone's going to be at different stages. Um, and I think you got to bring awareness to it first of all. And like, then it's like a comfort level, like, you know, going from hourly to a fixed price, obviously is a big one. Um, and then just kind of working your way into, you know, outsourcing, but it's, I've found, yeah, different people are going to be at different stages and it is kind of like you mentioned, like mindset, confidence, um, those are huge aspects um, into kind of building out like a successful productized service, a team leverage for yourself within the business, move, removing yourself out hiring. Um, so I think start small and, and, you know, the, the first immediate thing I try to do is outsource the mechanism. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, when you have a business, you have a customer that pays for a mechanism, which then delivers a result. Um, and the mechanism is, you know, in this case, our example is doing the graphic design or running the Facebook ad or, you know, insert X service, um, the mechanism of any of the services that could be potentially offered. And like the number one goal I work with people is let's immediately kind of work to outsource that um, as well, um, you know, ensure we've got proper margin to be able to hire somebody. So there's there's a few things there that, um, Typically, when that's tackled, that that's creates some good momentum. Cool. And there, there's a, a really um, a one word which I'm really interested actually in, Tyler, because this is I think this is kind of um, uh, well, I'll, I'll say it. So you use the word intentional. So the power of thinking time and being intentional when designing your service business. What do you mean by that? Like, because that's 
that's quite interesting. Yeah, I think not enough people, I mean, it's really easy as a service business just to dive in, right? And next thing you know, I think like I've, I did it with one of my first service businesses. It's easy to get caught up in just doing. Um, and, and oftentimes with service business owners, like it's, or agencies, any of the following, it's, it's really easy to lose track of like being intentional with your time um, and intentional in the design of the business. Like productizing is like part of that. Um, it's taking a step back, designing the business in a, in a better way. That's going to set you up for success down the road. Um, so that's really kind of the core of it. It's, you know, having more intention and, you know, I'd also talk about like designing the business to, um, actually be an asset. Um, and I think these aren't like actually that crazy or overcomplicated things. And most people, you know, whether you're just a one person freelancer starting to build or your agency, like these, like just taking that time and, and talking with someone like yourself, me or whoever, um, getting an outside set of eyes can really help, um, you know, create that intention in, in the business. And that, that changes a lot of the, uh, trajectory of, of where you're going to go. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, actually. I mean, you know, we, we, we take a very sort of hands-on approach in terms of kind of look at going through the, the practical, tactical stuff of having marketing assets and what are your core products and how do you generate revenue from it and things like that. But all of that starts with a goal-setting exercise, like pure and simply, because it is remarkable. I mean, I suppose it's, it's not surprising, but a lot of business owners, you know, they don't have a business MBA or even a business degree, you know, to, to fall back on. Um, but what happened was their mum or their aunt or their brother or whoever said, oh, that, that you're really good at art. Have you ever thought about setting up a graphic design business? So they go out and they start doing it, but it's that without any kind of real intention of like, I, we, I make some money, I can pay for my coffees and stuff like that. But um, like, they don't, they don't really know why they're doing it and they don't know like what the, end, the ends are either, you know, so that, that there's no means to an end. Um, so we get them to start straight away with, you know, and like some people find it very contrite talking about money all the time, but actually starting with a financial goal in mind. And then that kind of, I guess, sets the landscape, the, the route in order to be able to get to that goal. Um, how, how do you, um, kind of help those service businesses to kind of start to articulate like why they're doing what they're doing? Yeah, I think obviously goal setting and just kind of trying to dig under, under the why is always important and just kind of getting clarity on like where you want to go. Um, I think that's a big one. I also leverage this kind of tool, um, originally from Clay Collins, uh, who built lead pages called the five ones. Yep. Um, and if you're familiar with that, that's actually extremely helpful to bring a lot of clarity, um, to especially people who are starting out. Um, so if you're not familiar, it's essentially kind of focusing on one core avatar, one core offer, um, what, having one core funnel and, uh, one core traffic source, and then essentially doing that for one year. So those are kind of the five ones I kind of modify like, doing it for 90 days. Cause you're oftentimes you're testing. And once you find something that clicks, the goal is to kind of double down on that. Um, so yeah. that's actually been really impactful for people. Um, and something I kind of circle back to, cause I think just in general, us as entrepreneurs, we, we, we tend to overcomplicate things. Um, and kind of having that kind of funnel, like almost bumpers while you're, you're bowling, it keeps you kind of, uh, on track, um, and, you know, 
kind of get rid of any of the shiny object syndrome um, and just keep your focus aligned as well and energy. Yeah, I was smiling then, Tyler, because I had somebody a conversation with somebody uh, not two hours ago where it was like, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this. And I was like, no, 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 the first thing you said was absolutely fine. I think you should try that out first. I see it through, um, you know, and I mean, I, I don't know how old you are, Tyler, but I'm of, I'm of the age like of marketing where, you know, my first business like in 2004, you could build a website, get a business card and rock up to a networking meeting and you could get clients we didn't have all this fun stuff like facebook and instagram and all the (laughs) other like multitude of tools and even now like clubhouse as well i don't know if you've discovered that um so yeah trying to keep entrepreneurs focused on like one thing and and for a short time period like the the 12 i love the 12 week year and that 90 day sprint sort of concept is so valid yeah 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 i'm a huge huge fan of that as well i made a lot of stuff whether goal setting, it's like, cool, what do we want to accomplish in this year? But then also like now let's break it down, reverse engineer it and kind of work on those 90 day sprints. I found that as well to be like a great kind of medium to uh, work within because, you know, so much changes, especially nowadays. Um, and that keeps you kind of nimble as, as you're building as well. So huge fan as well of that. Cool. Listen, I want to dig into your, um, the businesses which you used to run. So, um, sort of your journey into doing what you do now for those, um, those service-based businesses, but you ran or were a part of two businesses, content pro, uh, content pros and applause lab. Tell us a little bit about that and what that 15 year journey looked like. Yeah. So those, I mean, those were kind of more recent, uh, probably in the last six years, both of those businesses, um, but yeah, so Content Pros was um, essentially a productized content writing service um, where we focused mainly on like charging a little bit premium fee, but focusing more on, on thought leadership kind of based content. Um, so that one was really fun to build. We, we ended up scaling that to about 125 writers um, in various industries. And, and then um, about two years ago, um, uh, we sold that business um, and then... Uh, Shortly after that, just, you know, out of pain points that I had with that business, I realized how difficult it was getting social proof video testimonials. And I launched Applause Lab, uh, which essentially was a productized service helping you, done for you service, helping you gather and produce video testimonials. Um, so that one um, was really fun to build and kind of dive back in and uh, and then only ran that for about 13 months and then a competitor um, bought us. Um, wow. so that one was, didn't expect that to happen After so fast. 13 months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you, what did you take out of, uh, the work you did in content pros that made applause lab, you know, so successful and so attractive to your competitor in such a short space of time? Yeah, I think, I mean, the more you are in business, like the faster you're able to execute things, especially the second, third, fourth time around. So, um, that one was like back to the intention question. That was like, I wanted to build that one to sell. Um, but oftentimes when I talk about that, you know, it's also building, having a long-term mindset, it's more of building a business to sell. Even if you never wanted to, you could, um, so you have that like optionality. Um, so that was a big part of it just from the beginning, from like hiring, setting up systems, processes, the way the business was organized, like all of those just kind of really helped, um, set the business up, uh, for success from the start. 
Um, and you know, when someone approached me to potentially buy it, it was just, it made the, made it incredibly easy. And also a lot of things made the, the business a lot more attractive. So I've got this like productized exit checklist that I created of like, okay, here's the exact like 19 things that are going to impact the value of your business that you want to work on, um, over the next, you know, X years. Um, and the more of these you check off, the more, um, valuable, um, your business is going to be in the eyes of, let's say an investor, et cetera. So, um, I think that also was something that I, I outlined after selling the first business and was like, okay, why, why did someone want to, you know, buy this? And not only why did someone, why were people fighting over to buy this business? Um, and so that was kind of, you know, gave me a good outline of this exit checklist. And now I have that. And that's what I help a lot of people implement. Um, cause if you have a business that's someone's willing to fight over to buy, it's usually a great, <laughs> great business to have. hundred percent. And one of the things which I noticed about those two businesses, um, now you've told that story is that they, they both did like one thing, like super specific thing by the sounds of it really, really well. And I think that's where a lot of service business owners end up falling over because they try to be all things to all men and women. And, you know, if you try to help everyone, you end up helping no one. Um, so again, there's a lot of mindset things there about wanting to like trying to please too many people, but actually you can get much better results when you like have that really sort of dedicated focus. How, how did you get into the uh, sort of, um, building online services in the first place? Um, I'm guessing there's a story here about, you know, uh, you got your first computer when you were like 15, did a bit of like ethical hacking, uh, parents never spoke to you cause you're always locked in your room, like gaming and stuff like that. Or, you know, what, where did, how did you get into it? <laughs> yeah, actually it wasn't, it wasn't that at all. I, um, my family has always just been in service businesses, but mainly offline. Right. So, uh, whether it was like property management, vacation rentals, real estate, um, so these are more kind of offline, but, you know, similar models, service-based type of, of business models. Um, so I kind of got tossed in, I think, yeah, I mean, since 14, 15, just helping family with, with those businesses. Um, so that's where they really kind of learned like how those businesses work, structured, importance of customer service, um, et cetera. Um, and then I kind of transitioned and as, you know, being young, just wanted to do more stuff online, started doing online marketing for vacation rental and, and property management companies where I grew up in Colorado. Um, and that was kind of the genesis of just kind of, um, getting started and yeah, just kind of stuck with that business model, to be honest. I mean, didn't go venture into, um, e-commerce or software. Um, so just kind of stuck with the, with the service business kind of model and launched a variety of different, uh, service businesses over the years. Um, and eventually just completely transitioned online because I realized, okay, you can do this from anywhere. Um, I might as well do it from anywhere. Um, so that was, uh, yeah, that was kind of the genesis of, of kind of starting. I love it. So it's kind of, that's really nice. Cause it's kind of that family heritage that pulled you into, you know, into the family business and away you went. And I, I, I'll draw a comparison. You may or may not like this, but obviously everybody knows Gary Vaynerchuk's <laughs> story, you know, with, with, with his dad's um, sort of corner shop, which then he then off the back of that created wine library and, and now obviously runs VaynerMedia and does all of the things he does. And like, you know, he's, he's very, he's very Marmite black and white in terms of whether people sort of like him or not. But yeah, yeah. you can see that like, there's a lot of, uh, there's, there's something really genuine in coming from that sort of quite humble, like 
not doing it to go out and make a shit ton of money. This is because we want to help our parents grow a successful business and be a part of something together, which is, I think that's a really great story. Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah. I mean, I'm a fan of, of Gary Vee and uh, I love kind of his Genesis story and, you know, it's cool to see as well. Like he stayed in his lane, like service business kind of retail. Um, and he stuck with what he knew. Right. Um, he talks about that a little bit of just like having the option after he left to do all sorts of different businesses. Um, and he kind of stuck in his lane. Yeah. Um, so I think that's important as well. And something I always try to think of, cause you know, it's easy to get pulled into all sorts of different business models, but, um, I think kind of focusing on, on your core strengths is always, always advantageous. I, I love that one of the things I really love about, I know this is about you, Tyler, but I'm going to kind of gush over Gary V for a second, but I don't get many <laughs> opportunities to talk about it. Not, not everybody knows him, but um, uh, one of the things I love is the fact that he goes and does these like garage sales and they, he's got yeah, like yeah. a series on his YouTube channel where they, where they, he goes around and he's like pulling out like, you know, baseball cards and toy collectible toys and things like that. And then takes, I mean, granted he does take them back to his team and his team put them on eBay and stuff like that and, and kind of profit from it. So it would be nicer if he was there kind of still getting his hands dirty and actually listing the stuff. Is there anything like which you'd be open to sort of sharing about like, what, what do you, you've, you've obviously had like successful businesses. What do you do behind the scenes? that's a bit like sort of Gary V and his garage sales. <laughs> um, let's see. I mean, younger, I mean, definitely was doing all sorts of that. I mean, I did the lemonade thing. I did, uh, I started a window cleaning business, um, which is really my first proper business in high school. Um, again, service-based, um, you know, uh, you know, I help family. They always like made things and sold things, um, at like fairs, et cetera. So I was always kind of in that environment, but that was, uh, you know, kind of probably the most similar, you know, I'm not at, as much flipping cause I, I travel a lot. So there's not as many garage sales where I am now in Mexico <laughs> or <laughs> Colombia, where I, where I typically live, but I like the, yeah, no, it's cool. I think it teaches, teaches you a lot. And I think when you do that stuff, when you're younger, um, and I think as well, just the benefit of like a service business or in Gary's sake, like flipping, buying and flipping things, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a great way to kind of get going and learn a lot. Absolutely. If you could give us, um, I don't know, like one, two or three tips, growth strategies for service businesses, what would they be? Yeah. So tips for service businesses, there's, there's a lot of avenues we could go down. I think, um, initially, like we, like I talked about before, like when you're starting a service business, like work as fast as you can to outsource the mechanism in your business. Um, so like that is like an immediate, um, kind of check. Um, so kind of disconnect yourself from actually doing, um, the work. Um, and if you've already overcome that, that's amazing, but that is like a, f a great first step. The second step is ensuring you at least have a minimum 60% gross profit margin. Um, you know, so if you're selling something for, um, a hundred dollars, you know, can you have someone actually execute and deliver the work all in, um, for $40? Um, so that's, that's a huge one that, um, kind of people miss the mark on, um, especially doing it yourself. You're used to just trading your time. And, um, what ends up happening is you're not taking into account. What does this service actually need to look like and priced 
what does it need to be priced at to actually, if I'm not doing the work to be profitable. Um, so that's, that's a huge one as well that, um, a lot of people miss the mark on. Um, and then the second one is like, just, I think for me, like you mentioned, like intentionality, um, and designing, I think, um, you know, thinking more about just what you want and like how you want to design your business. You have a lot more control over that, um, than you think. Um, and I think obviously the productizing route, I'm a huge proponent of, um, especially if you have a service business. So, you know, how can you actually, um, sell your services as a product? Um, and yeah, I've got a ton of good resources on that, but that, that's a big one. Um, I think, and then, yeah, I think those, those are kind of the main ones that kind of come to mind. Um, there's, there's so many different things, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sure we could probably riff on that for hours if we had, uh, if we needed to. Maybe we'll have to get you back for a second, second bite at the apple, Tyler. If you want to um, join us again on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, listen, you've got an amazing newsletter which um, I, I was introduced to by a mutual friend of ours, um, and um, there's so many newsletters you sign up to, and like two days later, you're like, oh, unsubscribe. But yours, I'm just absolutely um, fixated and you know glued to each time I get one drop into my inbox um tell everybody about how they can sign up to the newsletter and also how they can get hold of you if they want to know more about productizing their services yeah yeah i appreciate the the kind words as well definitely i try to try to make it valuable um so yeah so essentially productized uh with a d dot services um is the domain um and we have um series of content, but at least a weekly podcast. Um, and then we, uh, that gets dropped and where we try to break down kind of their business a little bit, um, with some other insights, not just the raw interview. Um, and then we also share some other content throughout the week as well. That's completely free. Um, we also have a community, um, as well. That's completely free. Um, so typically the newsletter is a great place to start. You can kind of gather info, um, and learn about, yeah, just, working towards productizing your service more and then also seeing a lot of examples. Um, cause essentially that's all I interview is essentially productized service founders. So, um, I think one of the best ways is, um, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Other people have productized their services, you know, so there's a lot of really great examples that you can kind of learn from and see like how you can start applying some of that, those principles to what you're doing. Cool. Um, two more questions and then we'll, we'll wrap things up. So um, yeah, no I should have asked you about this sooner, actually, Tyler, but um, I don't know why I didn't. Um, <laughs> I, I, this next question is a bit like asking to choose your favorite child. But um, if you had a sort of okay. favorite client case study that you'd like to share with the listeners, but whether it's um, just because they were awesome or because they had an amazing result, like uh, tell us a little bit just in 60 seconds about a client you worked with, what you did with them and what the outcome was. Mm, yeah. So um, to give a little context, I have uh, an asynchronous mentorship program. Um, that I work with people. It's kind of, it's kind of unique in where um, we work together one-on-one. You can message me anytime as much as you want. And then essentially I reply back every Monday and Thursday in our kind of client portal. Um, So it's kind of a cool way and different than traditional, let's say coaching or consulting. Um, But anyways, um, one of the clients uh, or customers that uh, um, that I could probably mention here um, is a customer called uh, Jolly SEO. Um, I did an interview with them as well. You, you can see that on the, on my blog, um, and podcast. Um, uh, but essentially, yeah, so they, uh, sell, uh, backlinks, um, 
via Haro. So it's kind of a productized service around um, generating uh, do follow backlinks of at least a domain authority of 50 or above. And um, yeah, when they first signed up, they were doing about 30K MRR. Um, so doing pretty well, you know, they had some good systems and team in place. And I think we were able to work together to um, really dial in kind of their onboarding, their positioning, how they were charging customers as well, like their front end sales process. Um, and then kind of just kind of tweak and chisel at kind of their offer as well. Um, and, um, they, you know, a lot of credit to them, but they were able to really apply and implement a lot of the stuff that I kind of talk about as well, the exit checklist. Um, and you know, in about six months, they were able to scale from 30 to hundred K MRR. Um, so I think they're at wow. 110 right now. So, That's phenomenal. Um, but yeah, yeah, they were able to get some really good scale and, um, granted they have a really great offer and, um, now they, now they're actually looking now that we've applied a lot of these things, they're potentially looking, um, at, at exit opportunities as well, um, which they didn't have kind of that optionality originally. Um, so, so that was probably the most recent, uh, I guess, case study that, um, uh, it maybe is worth checking out and, and they do a great job on their site as well. If you want to check out, um, what they're doing and kind of their sales process and how they're leveraging kind of a performance-based, um, model as well to kind of, um, position their kind of USP on the front end. Amazing. Excellent. So that was Jolly SEO and they, you interviewed them on your podcast. So, um, we'll try and find a way to yep. share the, um, the link to that in the show notes as well. Cause I'm sure that, that our listeners would love to jump across onto your podcast and check that out too. Oh, right. Final question then, Tyler. Are you ready? Are you ready for this question, Tyler? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Brace yourself. Don't worry. It's, don't, don't look too scared. Uh, we're going to jump okay. into the fearless business time machine. It's, I always say it's better than the DeLorean, fewer Iranians than they're wearing back to the future. Um, and right. you get to um, pick a time, any date in the past and go back and have a word with Tyler T minus X number of years. So when is it? And what would you say to Tyler? What would your stellar piece of advice be to him? Oh, um, that's a good question, man. I think it would probably be, um, probably early twenties, you know, there was, there was definitely some early, um, service businesses that I was running that could have seen a lot more success if I would have, uh, applied a lot of the stuff I know now. Um, and, uh, there was also, um, a lot of, uh, let's say like potentially like ego around just, I can only do this. No one else can. Um, so that prevented me from like hiring and building teams out sooner than I could. Um, so I'd probably go back then and, and, uh, um, tell myself to kind of, you know, work on those things immediately. And, uh, I think that would have helped early on to at least those earlier businesses to see a lot more success. Yeah. Well, I, well, it's, it's interesting how you use the word success there. Cause I think you've had a monumental amount of success with all of the businesses, which you started out, you know, and clearly by the results you're getting for your clients now, it, it's kind of like you almost had to go through that painful process of like falling over a thousand times and failing, like, you know, and, and letting ego get in, your, get in your way in order to become yeah. like who you are now, which, you know, got a huge amount of respect for what you're doing, Tyler. I'm sure that um, everybody's got a huge amount of value from this episode. So first of all, thank you very much um, for that. 
And I will encourage everybody again, do go and check out Tyler's um, uh, newsletter, productized.services. You won't regret it. It'll be one of the best things of your life that you've ever signed up to. um, And you'll (laughs) read every um, email with absolute interest. So Tyler, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming onto the podcast today. Hey, thanks so much, Robin. It was awesome. 